Welcome to the Faith in the Messy Middle podcast. I'm your host, Jenny, a regular Jesus-loving girl, just like you, trying to figure out how to keep the faith in the messy moments of life. Ever find yourself thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if God gave us a user's manual to get through life? I believe he does, through his word and the stories of others. On each episode, I'll be chatting with women who have gone through some very messy middle moments and have kept faith by their side. It is my hope and prayer that in hearing his word and their stories, we will grow in our relationship with God and be reminded of his immense love for us, that we'll be able to keep the faith as we continue to walk through this messy thing called life. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited for you guys to give this one a listen. I feel that since COVID, this topic has been something that has been more acknowledged and accepted, and I think it was so overdue. The guest on my show today, we get to talk about the topic of anxiety. And as Christians, we get to approach anxiety differently than the world. This episode is also a big deal for me personally because it's not perfect. And it's an example of me learning as I'm going and being okay with that process. I learned through this episode that I have to do tech checks and make sure everyone's audio is good before we start recording. Figure that out halfway through this episode. So the first half, some of our audio is a little bit choppy. Hang in there because I promise the good stuff is coming and you can hear it all really clearly. So without further ado, my conversation with Carissa. Yeah, so my name is Carissa Watson. Um, I am currently a mental health, um, professional at the various high school. That's kind of what I do for my career. Um, I got my bachelor's in psychology and social work, and then I got my master's in counseling and development. And I'm currently married. I married my college sweetheart. We've been married for a little over four years. We'll be selling, celebrating our five-year anniversary in July. And, um, we just brought a beautiful little girl into the world. She's going on three months, which is crazy. It's been almost three months already. Um, but her name is Paris and we are so, so in love with her. And, um, and yeah, some of my hobbies that I enjoy, love going to church, um, just love being a part of a godly community. Um, both me and my husband are big basketball fans. So we love playing basketball and watching basketball, just playing sports in general, um, and exercising, and then we are big nerds, so we love like all the nerdy stuff, like Marvel and Star Wars and all that, all that good nerd stuff. <laughs> I didn't so. know you guys were big nerds. I didn't. I knew you loved oh, basketball yeah. from your gender reveal, which was so fun. But I didn't know you were nerds. <laughs> yeah, we're undercover nerds. Some, sometimes that surprises people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So I would love to know how did you become a follower of Jesus? Yeah. So, so my story is very interesting because I, I was raised in the church, right? So my parents were both very strong Christians. We were in church, you know, Wednesdays, Friday nights, Saturday, you know, any day, pretty much the church was open. We were there. So um, my mom was a worship leader, uncle and aunts were pastors. So I grew up in a very strong Christian household. So as a kid, and even a little bit as a teenager, it was kind of something I just always knew, like, you know, I knew about God, I knew, you know, I wanted to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, But it was just something that I knew. It wasn't until I became a teenager. And I started really struggling with like my mental health and just feeling insecure, struggling with my self worth, that I felt like God really grabbed a hold of me. And so it became something I just knew the way Oh, no, this is personal. This is, you know, now I have a personal relationship with Christ. Um, so it wasn't until I, I would say around when I was 15, like I said, God really grabbed a hold of me. 
I was baptized. And from then on, it was like, okay, now I feel like I'm following Jesus, not just because, you know, I knew about it from my mom or from my family, but no, this is, this is me, you know, um, having that personal relationship with Christ. Yeah, I, I was, I'm very similar in that. And I was chatting with somebody about that, how I always felt like I missed out somehow. I didn't have this powerful, like, this was the moment I came to know God. And they were talking about traveling and how some people will take a car to get to a location and some people will get there by a plane. And either way, you end up at the same location and the journey doesn't really make a difference. It's where you end up. And I was like, that's such a good way of looking at that. Cause I've always kind of felt like I can't relate to the person who's had the really hard stuff that they've had to work through. My my testimony doesn't mean as much, but at the end of the day, when you love God, he's helped you walk through so many different things. Our testimonies do have value and worth. So you mentioned a little bit about um, mental health struggles. Is that something that you'd be comfortable sharing a little bit more about? Yeah. Um, so I really struggled with my mental health ever since I was a teenager, um, specifically anxiety. I would get like these just random panic attacks. And it wasn't like they were necessarily like triggered from for something. Sometimes I would just be like laying in my bed and I would just feel like, like I'm in danger. Like I'm not safe, like something's happening. And I didn't really understand why. Um, and there were times where I would just kind of like go, and sometimes, and it sounds weird, I would just like be under my bed, just kind of like waiting for this like panic attack to pass and for my body to just kind of calm down. So that was really weird. I didn't really understand like why I was experiencing that. Then there were times where it was triggered from things like I, I have a fear. Uh, I used to fear just like dying a lot. I just be like, oh, I'm so afraid of dying. And it would just make me feel so anxious. I would be afraid of like my loved ones dying. Just like this constant, just always worrying and always like fearing things. And it just got to the point. I mean, it's exhausting because your, your, your mind is just constantly just, just in this like state of like fear. And so I really struggled with that a lot. And it wasn't until I would say I was in college because I was I was very nervous to share because I grew up in the church. And especially when I was a teenager, I was like, I became a youth leader and just, you know, people really saw me in this leadership role. I was nervous to share my battles with anxiety because I felt as though if I did, it'd be like, wait, you know, you're supposed to be a strong Christian and you're supposed to have everything together, I guess, you know. So I, I kind of feared that sense of like judgment if I were to say like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling. So I kind of really did keep it to myself. And I wish I would have shared earlier because I feel like if I would have had that support, it would have just helped me, you know, more in the long run. Um, and that's kind of what I strive to do now is really let people know like, hey, if you're struggling, even as a Christian, like it's okay, you know, it is okay. It's okay to ask for help. Like you can be anxious and a Christian at the same time, you know, like just like with anything else. Yes. I love that you said that because I do feel like so often people think you're supposed to have all this faith and you can still be afraid and have faith. You can still be anxious and have faith. It doesn't disqualify that you have faith when you have all those other emotions. Our emotions are real. But they, they're not, they're not fact. They're not what we have to live by, but they are real. Yes, absolutely. So is, was your struggle with anxiety what prompted you to go into the field that you're in? Yes, it really did. Because I um, I just saw, so on top of that, too, I also have a sister who struggles with her mental health a lot as well. So between me and her, I just saw a lot of brokenness in the field. I saw just kind of like it just mental health was just not taken as seriously. You know, if someone had was struggling with their physical health, it would just be taken like oh that's something serious whereas mental health it was kind of like ah you know you'll get over it 
and just people struggling with their mental health just kind of viewed as a problem and just not really, like I said, just something serious. So when I saw a lot of that brokenness, I was like, you know what, I want to go in and I want to be a part of that change, you know, that I feel like is needed and that I wish I had. And I even wish that my sister had and she was going through that as well. Yeah, I recently shared on my social media that um, when Mark and I moved back up to the Lake County area, I was very angry for a lot of reasons. And I had actually reached out to our pastor and said, do you know some Christian counselors in the area? I, I, I need to speak to someone. I need help. And he gave me three different names and I called three different offices. And the soonest someone could see me was two months. And I'm like, I am home all day with little babies. Like, I'm saying I need help. And the soonest you can get me in is two months. And I just, I'm so thankful that you saw the problem and want to be part of the solution. Because I think when we get a better grasp on mental health in our country, so many of the other issues that we're having right now start to go away. I think it's so neat that you said, this is a problem that I I experienced and you use that to motivate you to go into the field that you're in. And I know at the high school level, it is so needed for someone to be there to talk to those kids about their feelings and all the life that they're experiencing. Because we thought we had it hard in middle school and high school. We did not have social media the way these children do and all the things that they have to live through. Yeah, it's so true. And social media does, you know, it gets a big hit. I, I'm not like anti-social media. Like, I think there's a lot of great things with social media, right? Um, but it's just like with anything, like when you don't have limits and you don't have boundaries, it can be very, very harmful. And unfortunately, I think a lot of our teenagers and kids, they're just given these phones and these social media without any type of like limits or boundaries. And it affects them. It really does. It has a huge effect on their mental health. Yep. I agree with that very much. It's we've talked about that. Our son's only seven. We're constantly like no computers in the bedroom and no phone till he's 21. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, do you still struggle with anxiety now, even though you're in the field and you've worked through a lot of your struggles, as you said, as you were growing up, you kind of started to understand like these were some things that were triggers for me. And I'm sure going through your degree, you learned a lot of coping skills as well. But is that something that you still struggle with? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that I I really daily have to just give to God. You know, it's like daily, I have to say, I take every thought captive, you know, like the scripture says. So like when I those intrusive thoughts come and, you know, I want to worry about this, want to worry about that, I have to take that and I have to, um, you know, give it to God. Because if not, (laughs) then it'll, you know, it'll, I'll spiral very easily. So you mentioned that you have a little girl. And so I'm curious, did the anxiety spur its ugly head through the process of pregnancy and now having her labor and delivery was that something that you've had to work through oh yeah absolutely i mean pregnancy obviously pregnancy childbirth is just a lot for anyone but if you take that and give it to someone who struggles with anxiety it's like whoa you know it's like times 10 that was actually so for a while i was actually very hesitant about getting pregnant um, and the reason why is I have hypertension. So um, I have chronic hypertension. So obviously blood pressure and getting pregnant, it can be very serious, you know? So for a while I was very anxious about it. And I was just like, I don't know, like I'm scared. Like what if, you know, something terrible happens? And it was crazy because I, I all of a sudden I got to this point where I just felt at peace. Like I felt God say like, hey, I've got you. Like you're, you're you know, I'm calling you to be a mom. I want you to be a mom. And if I've called you to be a mom, going to be a mom and I'm going to see you through this right and so I remember I just got to this point where I just felt at peace about it I told my husband about it so we got pregnant 
And, uh, you know, obviously they're monitoring me throughout that whole process with my blood pressure. And really throughout the whole pregnancy, I was okay up until the time it was ready to have her. And then my body was like, nope, we don't like this. We're going to go crazy right now. <laughs> I think sometimes when we are, when we're praying about things like challenges or things that, you know, that we're, um, worried or anxious about we're expecting god to just be like oh don't be anxious about that you're not going to go through that or like i'll i'll take care of this for you you're not going to have to experience that whereas in this situation i felt like it was god saying hey you might go through something tough like this is a possibility right i'm not saying that this is going to be easy i'm just saying that i'm going to be with you when you go through this because what ended up happening was what i was anxious about my blood pressure spiked i had to be put on iv medication there was a point where they just didn't know they were trying everything, medications, treatments, and they just could not get it down. They were saying I was on the verge of having a stroke or a seizure, you know, just like all these things that I was afraid of. And it was tough. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I was here and I was just like, ah, whatever, you know, I'll be okay. Like, no, there were moments where I was like, man, this, this stinks, you know, tears. And I'm in the hospital with, you know, my baby and my husband, we can't go home because my body's just not doing what it's, what it needs to do. But it, so it was like, I went through this situation that I was so anxious about, but God was with me in it, you know, and, and there was peace in that. And so even with all the chaos, it was like, God is with me. And because he's with me, I'm going to be okay, no matter what happens. So, and thankfully, you know, eventually after a week or so, they were able to bring it down. I was able to go home, you know, I'm doing well now. But I think that's just an example of, again, like sometimes it's not that God's saying you're not going to go through tough things. He's just saying, I'm going to be with you and you're going to have peace even with all the chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there any particular scriptures that you referenced during that time just to kind of keep you in that place of peace? Because I know for me, and I don't typically struggle with being like overly anxious, but I know for mm -hmm. me in that situation, I would have been losing my mind, becoming a new mom not mm -hmm. being in your own space. You're trying to figure out breastfeeding. Your body feels yeah. weird. I mean, there's a yeah. million different things. You hate your husband and you don't know why, but he's like, <laughs> you can't do anything. You know? Absolutely. Were there, were there specific scriptures that you referenced to kind of keep, keep that peace at the forefront of your mind? Yeah. I mean, the specific one that I always kind of repeat to myself is just the, do not be anxious for anything, you know, but in everything with prayer and um, petition, bring your request to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts. And I think that's, I love that verse because it's, it's, again, it's not saying, oh, you're not going to go through anything or um, you're not going to have any reason to be anxious. Like, but it's saying you'll have a peace that will guard you in that. And that's what I really felt in that situation is I felt like God's peace was guarding me. And that's why, you know, like you said, with everything going on, the breastfeeding and the postpartum and the just so many things, it was like, God was like, it's okay. You can have peace even with all this going on. I would see your Facebook updates and I'm just like praying peace over you because I just remember <laughs> those first couple of days with us at home were so challenging. And then I think oh, yeah. the hospital setting where they're constantly having to check all these numbers and waking you up yes. from other people's room. And I just thought, oh Lord, give them peace. Yes. Give them rest because, ooh, you went through it. You went through it. Oh yeah. It was tough. And I mean, of course, you know, she was completely worth it. But I'm like, I, I look at her now and I'm like, you better not ever give me an attitude because <laughs> I'm be like, you know what I went through for you, for you to be here? <laughs> Don't you ever talk back to me. <laughs> oh, you might have to reference that peace scripture a little yeah. bit later on in the 13 time frame. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> are there some practical tips that you give to the students that you work with or other women who've you know been struggling with anxiety um to help mm-hmm. them through their moments of 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 the overwhelm like you said there were times when you would just lay in bed and you just felt like I can't do anything else because of the anxiety are there practical tips that you share with people yeah so deep breathing is is huge and I know it sounds so simple like oh just breathe you know we're always breathing but no it's like it is it's crazy how beneficial it can be. There's a specific, well, there's two specific ones. The first one is like box breathing. So that's the one where you just inhale for four, hold for four, and then exhale for four. And that's again to kind of comp, because when you're feeling anxious, your body is, it's in that fight or flight mode, right? So it's just things are firing. You're just, you're not relaxed. You're tense. You're not relaxed. So the breathing is kind of reminding yourself like, okay, we're okay calm down, we're safe, we're not in danger. So there's that one. And then just the basic inhale for four and then exhale for six. Those are two like breathing techniques that I do a lot with my students too, especially when they come in and they're just not even just anxious or just upset or just emotionally dysregulated. It's like, okay, let's, let's take a minute to breathe. And then, so we usually do those exercises. Also with anxiety, again, like I had mentioned, intrusive thoughts are huge. So those thoughts that kind of pop in. So one thing I do, taking those intrusive thoughts, challenging them with scripture, because sometimes we just have these thoughts that just come in and we don't even take the time to reflect. Is this, is this really from God or is this from the enemy? Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we have those intrusive thoughts or those, that thing that we're just constantly worrying about. So for example, like I'm worried about my blood pressure during pregnancy, you know, taking that thought and it's like, okay, wait. Is this from God or is this from the enemy? Does God want me to worry? The scripture says, do not be anxious. So that means God's telling me, do not worry. Even in the scripture where he says, do not worry about tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. So if God's telling me, do not worry about tomorrow, do not be anxious, that means this thought is not from God. This is an intrusive thought from the enemy. And I'm going to bind it, put it away, take that thought captive and keep moving, right? And focus on scripture. So that's one thing that I really try and um, do with my students and and really do with myself. I have to do that daily. um, So that way I don't get into that spiral. Mm -hmm. I think what you said is so... one of the things I talked about with another lady is that so often I think we forget we have a choice, especially around our thoughts. Like, well, I, I generated it's, it's part of, uh, it's part of me, but even with our thoughts, we have a choice to go, is this true? Do I believe this? And just like taking the time to stop that's something that we're trying to really instill with our boys when they're getting so upset about, you know, seven silly seven-year-old things, but remind them you have a choice in this moment. You can react and there are going to be negative consequences with one reaction, or there's going to be positive consequences with another reaction and just instilling in them that idea that you always have a choice. Mm -hmm. It may not feel like it, but like you said, the choice might be, I just need to breathe in this moment. I I might not be able to take that thought captive, but I can take a deep breath right now. Another thing that that scripture talks about is with prayer and petition, with Thanksgiving. And I think it's easy to gloss over that with Thanksgiving part because it's so it seems so strange in that place. Like I'm coming to God with my needs, but I, that with Thanksgiving was so intentionally put there. Our brains cannot process stress emotions at the same time, at the same time as gratitude emotions. And so one thing I know that's helped me when I am having those thoughts of anxiety, especially like with my mom's cancer diagnosis, and there's a million different paths you can go down of what ifs around a situation like that is to stop and go, what can I be grateful for in this moment? 
And one thing that I've, uh, one strategy that I've learned is that it doesn't have to be something from the very present. You can go back for as long as you can remember your favorite childhood memory and just sit in that moment and be grateful for that moment. And you'll find that you naturally start breathing better, like you're mentioning, and your brain starts to shift out of that spiral of all these what if thoughts and just appreciates love and connection and positive emotions that you had. So that's, I know one thing that has helped me a ton. And I am now currently in a challenge where we actually have to start the day by listing seven things we're grateful for. And I will tell you on the days when I didn't want to get up, as soon as I get that activity done, I'm like, all right, it's a good day. It's a good day. And no, it's not a magic pill. And there'll be days where you're writing down, you'll be searching for anything and everything. But with Thanksgiving, he wants to know our needs. And he also wants us to remember that there are so many things we have to be thankful for too. And I know for me, that has helped when I'm in those anxious moments. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm actually reading this really good book. Um, it's called, um, I don't know if you've heard of it. Do not let the enemy sit at your table. Mm -mm. Um, oh, it's excellent. And it's, it's literally, that's what this whole book is about. It's by a pastor. I can't remember his name, but a pastor who wrote it. And he's literally talking about taking our thoughts captive and not letting the enemy sit at our table. Mm -hmm. And he references that scripture where it says, I prepare a table for you in the presence of your, of your enemies. Mm -hmm. And so what he's saying is, again, it's not that God is getting rid of our enemies. He's not getting rid of our challenges, but he's letting us sit in the middle of it with him and be at peace, even with all the other things going around us. And he talks about not letting the enemy sit down with us and God with those thoughts, right? But keeping him away from us. So it's really, really good. That's another thing I also would recommend if, if people were struggling with anxiety or intrusive thoughts of that book. It's, it's excellent. I'm definitely going to add it to my list of books to read. I just read um, Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. I yes, I love that one. That was mm -hmm. another really good one, again, where she just talks about like, it, those thoughts don't have to win. Yes, <laughs> choice. absolutely. Um, I also wanted to say, as you were sharing, I think that it's so incredible. I will tell you that, like I said, I wasn't a super anxious person. I, we always have things we worry about, like people, things that they worry about, but never having that like keep me up at night, stressing thoughts yes. until, I had, had, until I had kids, because it's like, mm. I'm responsible for this human. Like, yes. One thing to keep myself alive, but now this other <laughs> human. And I yeah. just, as you were sharing, I thought, how incredible is it? How, how sweet is it that God laid the foundation for your daughter's life to be on mm. a moment where you had to fully lean into him and, and embrace his peace? The thing yeah. that for so many people brings anxiety into our lives, having children. Yeah. I was like, nope, nope. The foundation of her life is going to be a moment where you had to know that I was with you walking through through this. Mm. With you. I just thought, That's how good. cool. Like what an yeah. incredible, I'm not, it didn't, like you said, it wasn't fun to live through. Yeah. But that was the very beginning from the very beginning of the moment that we can start worrying. And somebody said, Oh, you think you worry when they're four, wait till you're they're 18 and wait till they're 26. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think how incredible that the foundation of her life was built on a moment where you had to fully embrace his peace. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love how you put it that way. That that's incredible. Yeah, that is. And I already, and it's crazy because I already like, I know she's just a baby and she's like three months and it's like, what? But I, I really do like, she has such like a piece about her. It's so hard to explain. And even when I bring her around my family, they're like, yeah, she just, there's just something about her. Like she just has this peace with her and she brings so much joy, you know, it's just, yeah. And, and I really do, you know, I mean, obviously everybody's here for a reason, but 
the fact that, you know, I was worried about being pregnant and God was like, no, I'm, I'm calling you to have this child. You know, it just speaks even more that, hey, she has, she's called to be here, you know, like she has a divine purpose. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's incredible the way that God works. Yeah. <laughs> I love those kinds of things. Well, I really yeah. appreciate you sharing with us today about your struggle with anxiety and the action steps that you've taken. Um, is there anything else that you would want to share with women who are struggling with anxiety? I would just say, don't try and do it on your own, right? Because I I think a lot with us, especially as moms too, you know, we're we're super moms, right? So we're like, we try and do everything on our own. And we're like, oh, I've got this. And even with postpartum, I mean, that's, that's like a whole nother topic, but postpartum is tough. And so many women struggle with postpartum. And a lot of women I think are struggling with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, but they're just writing it off as like, oh, I'm just stressed. I've got this newborn, you know, I've got a lot going on and, and they allow it to get where it shouldn't get as bad. They allow it to get that bad because they didn't ask for help. So I just want to encourage, I mean, all women, but especially women, if they are, you know, in that postpartum stage to ask for help, it is okay. Um, it doesn't mean that you are not a good mom, you know, it, don't feel that mom guilt, you know, if you need help, ask for it. There's no shame in going to counseling. There's no shame in therapy. There's no shame in medication. You know, you have to take care of your, you know, God has provided us with counselors and medication, you know, and that's, that's a gift. And, and there is no shame in, in getting those things when, when they are needed. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think it's very easy to feel shame around asking for help. And I don't know why that is like, I know I've created us to be in community. God created us Mm -hmm. to be helpers of one another. He himself is God and he wants us to help in his mission. So if he, God wants helpers, it's okay to ask for help. Absolutely. (laughs) But I remember, I, I, I I remember my mom coming over and she just go get in the shower. And I'm like, I'm I'm fine. And she's like, no go get in the shower, stay there mm-hmm. until the water is cold. And I just remember that being the best <laughs> gift. Like I stood there and cried. I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying, but this is the best moment right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm so with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think that's important. Like you said, whether it's a postpartum mom or not, it, it is okay to ask for help. And that doesn't mean that you failed in some way. Absolutely. Um, we each were given a gift to share. And when we ask for help, that allows other people to, to step out in their gifting. Yes. And that yes, was, I so struggled true. to ask for help. I like to do things on my own. I'm a little bit of a control freak working on it. <laughs> and uh, so asking for help is difficult for me. But that when someone said, when you try to do it all on your own, you're denying someone else of using their gift. And I was like, yes, well, I don't, I want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. I heard somebody mention that too. And that, that really uh, struck me as well. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's true. Well, Chris, so like I said, I appreciate you so much for being on today and sharing your struggle with anxiety and how you've handled that with Christ on your side. Would you go ahead and close this episode out in prayer for us? Absolutely. I'll definitely pray. All right, we'll go for it. Yeah. Dear God, um, first, I just want to thank you so much for your son, Jesus. I just want to thank you so, so much for the gift of eternal life. God, thank you so much for his sacrifice. Um, thank you for him just paying our debt, God. Thank you for his love. Um, all these gifts that we could never earn, that we could never deserve, but is so freely given to us. And we just thank you so much for um, the gift of your son, Jesus. And I just thank you so much for Jenny and just the way that she's just using this podcast to just... Um, touch so many lives, God, and just, just really just make such a kingdom impact. And I just thank you for her. And 
I just lift up all the women who may be struggling with anxiety, um, all of our postpartum moms who may be struggling as well, just with that transition and adjustment and, and all the changes. I just I just pray for peace, God. We've spoke so much today about peace and and what a beautiful gift it is, God, that we can have peace that's not dependent on circumstances, that we can have chaos all around us, that we can be surrounded by enemies, but we can still experience your peace because we know that we serve a good God, a good Father who's always going to take care of us, who will always be with us and will one day lead us into eternity with him. And we just thank you for your peace. I pray that these women will feel your presence as well, God, that when they are going through challenges, when they are feeling that anxiety, um, when it just feels tough and it feels like, how am I ever going to get through this? I pray that they will experience your presence, God, in the midst of that as well. And we just thank you so much that your presence is available to us at all times as well. And, and I just pray that let us never allow the thought um, from the enemy come into our minds that we can't ask for help, God. Um, but let that thought not stay, but remind us, God, that it is okay to ask for help, that you've provided us with helpers and you've provided us with gifts um, for us to receive that help. And I just pray that we we never allow uh, the enemy to keep us from accessing those things, God. And we just thank you so much um, for who you are. Again, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And we just pray all this in his holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. My prayer is that you are encouraged to continue to keep the faith in your messy middle moments and to share your testimony, his testimony of faithfulness. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with a friend who may need that reminder to keep the faith. I'm always looking for testimonies to feature. If you'd like to share yours with me, email me at faithinthemessy at gmail.com. Until next week, praying for you and whatever messy moment you may be.